So here we go. I'm gonna. I've got some time to kill. I um, I'm about an hour away from home. My daughter asked me to take her and her boyfriend to a concert tonight of some band that they really like. And when she showed me everything, it started at 7 p.m. So we had to leave, you know, pretty early to drive up here. And I swear I saw it ended at 9. That's, that's what she and I discussed. And then an hour back down. And then, you know, like 30 minutes up the mountain to drop her boyfriend off. And 30 minutes home. And I was like, I can do this. I can fucking do this. Um, I can stay awake. I can... Um, deal with the traffic. I can entertain myself for two hours. Uh, I mean, really, I can totally entertain myself for two hours, but, um, I thought I could sit inside this little venue. I mean, it's not a big venue. And when we got up there, he was like, no, you can buy a ticket. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to buy a freaking ticket to hear this metal slayer stuff. I just want to sit here and you know, be able to take my kids when it's done. I don't want to pay $20 for that and have just like nerve wracking music. Cause I'm not really good at loud, uh, noise like that loud music. So whatever. I'm like, where can I go? So he points me down the street to a bar. I mean, that's awesome. My plan had been to read a book on my phone, but, um, you know, some nights that works. Other nights, I really don't have the attention span for uh, reading. Sometimes reading is very hard, and that still blows my mind because I've always been a very avid reader. It comes and it goes, and tonight it's definitely not here. So I sat in the bar, had a drink. I know I can't drink a lot because I have to drive. And we're in the heart of Denver. And, you know, I've got I've to be smart. Whatever. Um, so, you know, I had my drink. I sat there for a while. listened to all these young people making their plans and doing their shots. And I do enjoy people watching and listening. Um, but even that I grew tired of tonight. So I thought, you know, as risky as it is, I'm just going to go sit in my car. I can charge my phone, I can try this reading thing again, um, you know, whatever I want to do. So, of course the band that she wants to see, the one she came here for, and I don't even remember ever seeing there was multiple bands, because I do know better than that. The band you're coming to see is always the last fucking band. This was just to see them, which is, you know, the illusion of the two hour time frame. And, uh, so she texts me and she's like, yeah, they don't even start until, um, they're the last band. And I'm like, I love you. You know, I'll give you 30 more minutes, but that's really all I can do. So she's being very nice right now. And she's seeing, uh, she's being positive about the experience and, you know, her first grown up concert, you know, they're in there unattended with a bunch of, you know, it's pretty mixed. It looks like there was some probably early 20s, late teens, 
couple of old people. Um, you know, but they're in there like real grown-ups right now, which is super cool. So I appreciate her being nice. So I'm sitting here, and I know that a lot of people um, have like different levels of paranoia. I think one of the things that has plagued me forever, and by forever I mean since I was uh, young, very young, pre-teenager, is my fear of dying or my thoughts of dying. My mind playing out for me different scenarios of uh, how I could die. And, you know, it's very easy for me to forget about that kind of stuff. Um, because it's not something I share with other people. Um, I shared it with uh, my ex-husband when we were married at the time because he started traveling Monday through Friday and he left me alone and that very much freaked me out. Like, that is an understatement saying that it freaked me out. And after having children in the next couple of years, um, my, my fears really blossomed the fuck out. Um, and I didn't sleep a lot. Uh, I'm really not sure. I, I couldn't quantify how, how much I was cycling at that point. I, there's no way it couldn't be happening because I really wasn't sleeping. Uh, I was constantly terrified somebody was going to break into the house um, and kill me, and then, um, the children would be left alone until, you know, Paul would get back, uh, my ex-husband, sorry, you don't know who he is, <laughs> um, which could have been days, and so these thoughts, you know, the cyclical thinking, uh, it would just spin, and I mean, I could lose hours of that on any given night, and I'm not saying it happened every night, but it happened enough that it's not something I could shake. The next night when I laid down, uh, I may not spend a lot of time thinking about it, but it was there. It was very deeply embedded in my uh, my brain, my thoughts. And, you know, that has moved into... Um, it's, it's never left me. Uh, I remember being, before I got married the second time, uh, living right outside of... Georgetown and um, I was on a ground level apartment and I was I would like die of heat stroke instead of opening the window or I would open it you know like less than an inch and let the barest amount of air in because I was terrified of having somebody break into my house and rape me and kill me and and again, this is right about the time when I initially went in to seek treatment because I knew it, fear, healthy fear is smart and it's rational. And I became very aware that the extreme amount that mine was taking up um, and how it was impacting my life and kind of putting my life on hold and keeping me from sleeping... Um, I, I started getting the inkling then, 2021, 20, that these thoughts that had plagued me 
weren't normal. Like this was not a normal level of fear. Um, so even having said that, and I, you know, I, I went out for treatment, I got put on medication, and medication doesn't make these fears go away. Uh, I wish I could say that it did, or maybe I'm not on the right medication. I don't, I don't know. I do sleep a little bit better when I'm on medication. Uh, the, the frequency of the fear isn't as, as much as often. Um, however, it's always here. So I'm sitting in my car right now and I can see that the building to my left has three, four, five, six uh, cameras in various directions on it. So the first thing I thought is I can only crack my windows down an inch because I can't have anybody be able to, you know, reach in. Um, I've got the car running, thankfully, so I've got air conditioning on. Uh, but I saw the, the cameras and I thought, okay, if something happens, they'll be able to hopefully identify what happened and who did it. Um, I've watched everybody who's coming towards my car and then I watch them in the rearview mirrors as they leave. Um, I know that there's a guy also sitting to the left off to my backside who is playing music. Um, I know that if you live in a big city, some of this is very normal. And I wish I could say mine's normal, but I, I know it's not. Um, I'm not terrified. Um, this is as safe a place as you can sit in, in downtown Denver. Um, just made me think though, because it's, it's, um, it's a part of my life that I don't acknowledge often to outside people. And having said that, where I'm segueing with that is the recent deaths of some very uh, prominent people that they ended their life by suicide. A lot of what I was reading, Facebook, Instagram, it's all over the place, is people thinking there are signs. And, and I'm not going to say there's not some signs and things you can look for. I'm just saying that there's a whole level of mental illness in our minds that nobody feels comfortable acknowledging outside of other people who have mental illness. Um, you can tell when somebody is depressed if you're paying attention. Once you know what to look for, you can tell when somebody's um, manic. Uh, depending on the severity, you may or may not be able to tell if somebody's depressed, manic, or schizophrenic, or um, any other, you know, mental illness, um, where your, your moods, mood disorders, uh, your mood is affected. And so I kept reading that, you know, we need to figure out how to get people to open up and talk and 
And I think that most people outside of mental illness would kind of really be freaked out if they knew how some of some of us, some people with mental illness live the things that they don't share the things they tap down, the things that they hide uh, the things that they battle with um, these, these are weird things to share with people uh, depression is so much more than just being sad and when you say that somebody will say well what is it then what is it then? It is, it's being your own worst enemy to a degree that most people can never imagine because it's relentless. Um, we all have bad days. We all feel like shit when we can't give our all or when we're feeling defeated. Um, depression is so much more than feeling beat down or overwhelmed and not that regardless those are horrible horrible feelings but they don't they don't tend to linger and they're more situational so you know if you've lost your job and you're you're stressing because you've been unemployed for six months it's understandable to be depressed and feel overwhelmed um, logically you are in the balance of losing everything and not having stability um, not having a next step a plan but depression is a whole other level of that it's your own self attacking yourself nonstop. It is horrible mean thoughts about yourself from yourself. A barrage of them that you, you're not worthy. You are never going to be able to fix this. Uh, you are destroying everyone's lives. nothing good is going to happen. I mean, it's, I can't even start because it's, it's also so much more than that. I think there are times when it is also, um, as much a feeling as it is words. Sometimes for me, it can also just be the repetition of the same ugly thoughts. Um, and that whole mindset of it takes 21 days to change anything when you are telling yourself something 2100 fucking times a day in your head to end that, to stop that, to change that is damn near unimaginable what it would take to break that cycle but that's the cycle your head gets on. Um, for me, um, not only is it that same 
thought, repeat, repeat, repeat. I may have six or seven of those thoughts on repeat. So I feel like I'm getting hit from every angle by myself telling me, not anybody else's, nobody else's voice, just my own voice, which is the most critical and knows my lifetime accumulations worth of failures. Uh, It's my own voice. It's my own undoing. There is no way for me to share that with somebody else who hasn't had, who hasn't been touched by this. Um, I know that I could go to a mood disorder therapy group and sit down and say this and and there would be some head nods uh, of people reaffirming that, you know, this is, it's not just me. They, that's a part of theirs too. And, and everybody's is different. Um, so there is no cookie cutter. If you see somebody do this, if you hear them saying this, if you see them uh, walking through these steps, then this is what's going to happen. There's, there's so much silent. There's so much unspoken. Um, there's so much mist that other people don't see. Because um, while I love the in the stigma um, movement... I don't trust easily and I always feel like I am a couple of words from going over what people's comfort level is in hearing my story and hearing my struggle. So I want the stigma to end. I don't know how that happens in a world where there's still ramifications for me having mental illness. And I've said this several times now, for most of the past 20 years, what I have said is I have anxiety. I have really bad anxiety. And when you talk to people who, um, again, it's situational, they're stressed, it's a, a specific thing that's um, causing them to feel extreme stress, um, I, I know that's horrible. Uh, when you have anxiety, it's 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 more like a heart attack feeling than um, I'm super stressed out um, like I can't think when they're happening there is no worrying about whatever situation has triggered this if if anything's triggered it um, like, I need to lay down. I, I, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. Um, anyway. Huh? I told, I tell people I have anxiety. 
I tell people that I have depression. Um, Specifically, the winter is hard for me. Uh, I have not said in the past 20 years that I have bipolar. Um, Because there is stigma. There are questions on whether or not I can do my job. If I am capable of managing a group of people, if I'm capable of managing a large project, can I handle, um, you know, a a $100,000 account? Or am I going to flake out and end up in some fucking mental hospital? Um, There is a stigma that exists. There are ramifications that exist. Um, beyond bipolar, which is funny because I was out having um, dinner at this little uh, mom and pop restaurant with my boyfriend, and I don't watch television, and I'm not—it's not a judgment thing. Um, I don't have a great attention span for it, and I get annoyed, um, and it you know costs more money, and <laughs> I am forever broke, so. I don't tend to watch a lot of TV. Uh, you know, and my kids, they, they hog the TV for video games. And so it just, it never works in my favor to watch shit. Um, so anyway, we're sitting there and this place has a TV. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I look up. Uh, and that's the other issue. It's like a squirrel thing. Uh, which is the other reason why I don't like watching TV. Because I'm, I'm just, I don't have an attention span. Um... I see this thing talk about bipolar on the fucking TV. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, when, when did when did it become normal to talk about bipolar medication on the TV? Uh, not on Discovery Channel, but just like regular TV. Well, my boyfriend looks at me. He's like, yeah, I've, I've seen this. Uh, and there's another one or two that I've seen. You know, I go almost half of my life not knowing anybody else who has bipolar and now all of a sudden it's like the trendy mental illness um of the decade and there's commercials and anyway that I digress anyway so that just it just catches me off guard um I love that we're starting to put that on tv I love that we're starting to talk about that there is a lot of stigma um there's a lot of ramifications And everybody has a preconceived notion of what these things look like. And so I I think part of getting rid of some of the stigma is having the diversity in mental illness be more prominent. Love that. I would love to see people uh, with mental illness, bipolar have roles on TV shows or in, you know, series on HBO where it's not them constantly cycling and gambling and having wild sex and, um, but some of the more minor, (laughs) you know, I feel like that's adequately represented (laughs) in, in the media. And what we need is some more range to this. Uh, those of us that are moms and dads and those of us that are grandparents 
who have mental illness. Um, same with schizophrenia, man. That's that's when you say you've got schizophrenia and people kind of look at you like, wow, like now you've got it? Um, so I think that's another one that really needs to have more coverage on what that looks like on a spectrum of um, very extreme to maybe medicated and manageable. Um, So I'm going to bring this all back because I know I'm getting kind of lengthy. Suicide. How do we ask people to let us know where they're at in this, this life, in their moment, when we don't know how to respond to them. A lot of what I saw had you asking a lot of questions to get information. And while I think that's good, I think you need to be very careful on the questions and very careful in your response. I think we need to talk to people and and train people to more listen and not comment that doesn't seem like a very big problem. I'm sure you can fix this. We can fix this together. That's not as bad as it seems. I thought it was going to be way worse. I thought you had, you know, killed somebody or lost everything. I think I think we have to be careful in how we respond. And I think it's appropriate to just be there in the moment and tell them, "Wow." That does sound really heavy. Can I go with you right now to talk to somebody so we can see what's the best thing for you and I to do? Um, You know, I think a lot of times when we tell somebody that their problems aren't a big deal, and I do speak firsthand of this, Um, I've had friends logically walk me through how trivial these things I was was worrying about really were and how very fixable they were. And, um, you know, I just needed to step back and get some perspective, you know, because there are people um, who don't have enough food to eat and there are people who are dying, and there are people who uh, have lost their child. I mean, I, I and I get all of that, and I guess the thing is, is while that is all true, it belittles my experience and what my brain and my chemical-addled mind is putting me through. So having someone dismiss my stress and help me see that it's really not that big a deal doesn't make it go away and and that's really what I want people to hear because when you walk away feeling good that you've helped me solve my little issue you haven't stopped anything in my head I've zoned out at some point I'm still hearing this shit in my head and what I need for you to do is, is meet me in this moment and see where I'm at and help me go get help, like right now. 
not a, you know, let's go do this tomorrow. Um, so I think people need to know there's crisis centers that are open 24-7. That you can go to the emergency room. And they will have an area. And they will have people meet you and your friend there to talk to them. And they will know what to say to your friend. And they will know how to help them and what the next step is. And they will take that person off your hands. Which is a good thing because to leave them in their home without a plan is a very scary thing to do. Um, so I think part of ending the stigma is getting better information out to people on how really to handle this. Like in the heat of the flipping moment when you've got somebody standing there in front of you or sitting and they say, I, I have been... I have been having thoughts of ending my life. I have been having suicidal, suicidal thoughts. I have been really feeling not worthy. Whatever it is they're going to say in that moment is when you have to end the stigma. You have to end the fear. And you've got to walk with that person through some very ugly things. And I'm not saying you've got to school your face so they don't know that you're completely freaking freaked out over some of the thoughts they're telling you because that's the thing, depression, the things that leads up to somebody contemplating ending their life. These are not pretty things. These are ugly things. These are heavy, sour, make you cringe back, make you want to withdraw your hand because you you don't know how to hold somebody, hold space for them with this kind of ugliness. But because we have so few people who can do that, we do have a lot of people who are choosing, who are believing, I guess, believing that this is their best option that they can't tell you about these ugly things because maybe they've tried in the past and the conversation didn't go well for either of you. Um, to me, that's the education we need right now. Find out where your closest 24-hour suicide counseling center is. Find out what hospital you might go to if one of your friends needed you to walk there with them. Um, if this is something you really want to be a part of, find out how you can help. Um, the only way that we help people know they have other options is to be active with your friends, with your family to look and then to know when you finally are ready to ask that question are you alright? and they say no what is your next step? because you, you can't you can't fumble at that point um 
if somebody says no, uh, what's going on? You got to know how to do this. You've got to practice this. Um, it's we're, we're teaching children to practice being in school and having an active shooter, and that's fucking scary as shit. If we're going to do that, we also need to be teaching children how to reach out and connect with other children. How to notice signs um, beyond this whole safe to tell uh, school situation. But like, watch the people in your school and look for people who just seem to be falling farther and farther behind knowing what to ask walking with them to a counselor that's no different than than what I'm saying the adults need to do but if you're not going to have a fucking stigma why isn't this being taught not as a nice little pep rally you know twice a year but this needs to be every month uh, for every time you practice that stupid, let's all get over to the far corner after locking the door and get behind our desk and make a barrier. We need to be making suicide a huge part of our battle for our children, for our sisters and brothers. Um, it, it just seems like we've gotten very lopsided in where we're spending our money. Um, you know, we spent so many years fighting drug wars only now to legalize uh, marijuana. And we have all of these people in, in prison for um, possession, for using. I just, I feel like we're getting very lost in what is it that we want to move forward in this world. We want love. Um, we want our children to be safe. If we want to lower our suicide rate, we've got to start having really hard, scary conversations. Um, they can't be, and they won't be easy conversations. And we've got to have the infrastructure in place so that one class, when one kid says, yeah, I'm kind of feeling this. We've got to know how to proceed right then and there. Um, and then we've got to, we've really got to make it where the stigma is gone. Part of that stigma being gone, and I'm going to get off this high horse in just one second. Healthcare. Um, one of the bravest things that happened in my lifetime um, was Obamacare. Yeah, 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 I know. Lots of you fucking hate it. I don't give a shit. Um, I have mental illness. My medications are expensive. I didn't used to have an opportunity to get that covered. It was pre-existing. When I went to get a new job, I used to have to write that on my healthcare application with my new company. Any medications you're on any pre-existings. Yes, yes, and yes, fucking yes. Wasn't that lovely? I'm sorry, we can't cover those. 
sometimes they would say we can't cover those for the first year other times it was just not something they would cover period the end um, that is what we're facing now um, so we want to end the stigma we need to all band to fucking gather and make it where our pre-existing illnesses the medications we're on for pre-existing illnesses cannot be held against us because there will forever be stigma if I have to let my company's HR chick know that I have bipolar. Um, there is always um, stigma if I've got to find ways to afford medication for my bipolar. Uh, there is always stigma if I can't have my medication because I can't afford it. So now I am somebody who is unmedicated and who is swinging um, back and forth as quick as can be and not able to be a productive member of society because of the stigma. So the stigma is more than everybody just announcing what they have and standing bravely with that on our chest. There's so many other levels of the stigma. Um, there will always be stigma if there is money attached to this, to mental illness. Um, from seeking help, to getting medication, to getting your illness covered, um, to, to getting um, jobs and having your employer now all of a sudden know that you have mental illness, which is really none y'all damn business. Um, so, in the stigma, way bigger than, I think, how it's being discussed currently. Um, kind of like the Me Too movement. Um, it's not just about everybody coming out and saying ways that they have been hurt um, or wronged. Um, there has to be a far bigger message attached to that, or it is, again, just like this... Uh, in the stigma, it just becomes a uh, word of mouth, it just becomes lip service, it just becomes uh, a t-shirt versus anything really happening with it. So that is my 38 minutes of mental Melissa rambling <laughs> uh, about her mental illness. Thank you, and hopefully I will get some time to sit down again soon.